Drop the subject with Jarrett and Gimpy. Gimpy. Day five in the sling for me. In case you missed the story yesterday, I uh, explained how I injured my shoulder uh, on the on the uh, slopes this weekend. And um, day five in a sling. And I, I do think the sympathy is wearing off, though I, I it's not also doing my... Uh, uh, not that I'm on a diet, but I haven't been making good food choices since injuring my arm because I can't cook you have anything. A good excuse, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm just like, I want chicken wings. <laughs> I <laughs> want everything. I want cheese and pasta. I was and... gonna say with your arms folded, but probably not. <laughs> no, I want chicken. It's just with my droopy yeah. arm yeah. being like, no, nah, I want chicken. <laughs> I want chicken. You had an eventful night last night because you uh, another day, another screening for you, Jarrett. What did you What did you see last night? How well, was it? Where Where'd you go? So it wasn't just that. I I did a couple of things last night. Number one, I went to uh, I, I went to dinner with an ex of mine. We've been friends way longer than we ever dated. Um, we've been pretty good friends. Uh, we dated for like three months. We've been friends for twelve years. So like we're how many years before? How many years of those twelve were before, and how many were after? We met, dated, and then became friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's been a while. Exactly. So um, we went and had dinner last night, but like he was running late to dinner, and I'm sitting there waiting for Ugh, him to get X's, there. Am I right? I know, right? And so <laughs> I, you can end anything with "Am I right?" and it works. <laughs> it always hits. Um, and so I'm sitting there at dinner, or waiting for him to get there, and like the server. The server is like being kind of cheeky and he's like, "Oh God, is he still not here yet? Hit chips and guac on him. Am I right?" And I was like. Yeah, sure, okay. You're right, and my right does work with anything. Exactly. So as I'm sitting there, I took I had taken my glasses off and they're sitting down and like uh I see like this person walking up to me and I can't make out who it is, and then I realize it's this guy that I have a crush on. Oh. And he's walking up and he's like, Hey man, how's it going? Good to see you. And I was like, Uh-huh. And I'm always so awkward. Wait, so do you know this person? I know him. We know each other. We've like worked together on stuff. Like, but like we're not like mm. homies, but like I know him. But it's weird because I have a bit of a crush on him, but I don't really see us being in a relationship. Like I don't see how it could work. Like he has a completely different lifestyle than mine that mm. I wouldn't really be interested. You know what I mean? Like, but like every time I see him, I'm just like uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So how Hi. was it seeing Dr. Chris? I, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> I So then I'm like, I'm shaking his hand and like I feel like everything I do is always like awkward and uncomfortable and clunky and like afterward really? I'm like... I don't think that about you. No, w- with him. Oh, with him. When he's there, okay. I'm like, hi. Uh, hi, yeah. Bert, Bert. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Glasses. Uh-huh. Sitting. Breathing. Ah, I'm blinked. getting guacamole, am I right? <laughs> exactly. And so, like, am I right? I always feel that way. And like the last time I ran into him, like, maybe a few weeks ago, I was on the elliptical and like sweating and like wet and like, you know, and Is then he like when walks you went up. Four, four miles? First this, of all. Was this the four miles day? I, I would bleep what I could say right now. <laughs> Um, but like, so I'm on the elliptical sweating or whatever. And like, he just walks up. Hey, what's going on, man? Good to see you. You know, like uh. does the hand. And I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, it's Kesha. That's what I'm listening to. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Like, and so I'm just so awkward, and I'm like, what is my deal? Like, mm-hmm. I I am attracted to him, like physically, and like like we have a, a nice like rapport. Oh. But I'm always so awkward. And then after the fact, like when I was leaving the restaurant, like he was still sitting in there with uh, the person he was there with, uh, and I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, hey man, good to see you. Have a good night. And then like this morning, I woke up and I thought. Did I even speak to the other person that was sitting at the table with him? Oh. Oh, my God. Did I? And, like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I did. That's normally who I am. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. And am I, I wrong? And I this whole analyzation of the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm like this. Mm. But, like, I have always feel awkward at parties. And I always feel awkward if it's, like, someone I'm attracted to. And I just, Oh, you feel... So those are two separate things. You feel awkward at parties in general? I'm awkward at parties and I'm awkward with, like, guys that I'm into. Yeah. Huh. I'm just... Uh, I think that's interesting that those are the two times that you feel awkward. Is uh, at parties and... Parties, like, that first 30 to 45 minutes of oh, a party. It's I'm, awful, isn't like, it? Like, I went to a big party just recently and I was in the bathroom three times in the first 15 minutes. I've, I've definitely been there. Yeah. Like, I, like, you have to, like, mm-hmm. fake the cough thing. <laughs> I'll be right back. Well, and you stand there like by a cocktail uh, table for a second. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I'm not really talking to anybody yet. So I'm going to like look at my phone. Yeah. And then uh, maybe I know that person. Oh, they're talking to somebody. What should I do? Uh, You know what? uh, I kind of have to go to the bathroom or I'm just going to post something. Then you have like a lull in conversation with the person. You're like, Mm -hmm. should I still stand here? Should I walk away? That's the most awkward part of parties for me is when to walk away from conversation. Yeah. Because you just, just... Awkward. But eventually, what's great is that you get drunk enough to where just walking, literally walking away from the conversation is fine. Yeah. You're just like, anyway, and then you just turn around. All right, good to see you. And then walk away. And then you bump into the person that makes you awkward. So that happened last night. And then uh, I I went to a screening last night for a friend of mine, Justin Simeon, who is the creator and writer of Dear White People, uh, the series on Netflix and the movie. He has a new movie coming out called Bad Hair. So, like, he had friends for a screening uh, last night, and we all saw it. And it was just, it was very cool, like to watch this movie that he's been working on. I was on the set like a year ago, so yeah, like that's to now cool see to the see film. That. Yeah, it's really really exciting. So it's going to be premiering at Sundance, and then um, we'll probably be out wide a little bit later this year. So uh, that was a fun night. But like, I was there with a different ex, and like that was like the first time we've hung out since we broke up. Oh, and, and you had to explain that all to the guy you have a crush on. Oh, Jesus Christ! This is a guy coming, but we're we're actually friends. No, but we it's not that. We're I friends. Mean, with we're totally you fine. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, quite the show planned for you today. Drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett. We, of course, will give you all things impeachment news. Uh, if you had on your bingo card the word pettifogging, then you are in luck. I don't know if you can say that without hitting the dump button. <laughs> Am I right? It was used in in the impeachment uh, te- uh, the trial yesterday. Was it yesterday Last or this night. morning? Last night. Uh, the word pettifogging, but there is much more to report that we'll get to a little later in the show. Of course, we'll keep you updated on that. The Congress, the Senate, uh, they went into recess at 1.51 a.m. last night. Oh, my God. I was watching as they closed it, and I was like, why am I watching this right now? Yeah, Yeah. that was my next question. Why were you up watching that? Well, there was also one of the sketch artists was drawing somebody sleeping during the engagement trial. And I was like, this is why we need to shorten the damn days, people. Uh, We also have in studio Errol Southers. We talked to Errol on the phone a couple of weeks ago about the Iran strikes and he is one of the judges on a new show on Bravo called Spy Games where you basically try to be a spy 
Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like something I don't. I, I know I wouldn't be able to do. I don't know yeah. about you, but maybe he can help us figure out how we do on the show. I like to think that I could do something like that, but like talking to Arrow, I'm like, I don't know how you keep all this in your head. I don't know how you do any of this, and so I am super excited to have him here because yeah. uh, he's a friend of mine that we've we've known each other for a little while. Yeah, and he um, if he's one of those people where if you look at his profile and what he's done in his life, it makes you feel real bad about yourself. You're like, huh. <laughs> And I thought I was hot stuff beforehand. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know you could have that many masters. Unbelievable. He is an extraordinary guy, so he's going to be really fun to have on. Uh, Okay. Is it okay if your romantic partner does not keep up with what you do at work? That's what we're about to discuss, because... You went to a screening last night with an ex of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he's required to know everything about your work and what you do, sure. but a situation came up where you brought up something that we had talked about on the air. He had no idea what you were talking about, and you said to yourself, oh, okay, so you don't listen to the show. Did that bother... I mean, if you guys were still in a romantic relationship, would that have bothered you? How much do you think a partner should be involved in another person's work? Well, I this was always a challenge for me, so... So like I there's a fine line for me with someone being too excited about what I do and just being completely indifferent. Um, I dated someone who was like super excited about me being on TV and on the radio and it, like it was very cringy. Yeah. Um, and it made me feel like I was You're dating like, love a f- me for me. Don't yeah. love me for my celebrity status. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But like it it feels like dating a fan. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not really a pit. I remember Mariah Carey saying she went on a date with someone and they were, the whole time they kept referring to her as Mariah Carey. Hi, Mariah Carey. Would you like this, Mariah so Carey? So Mariah Carey. Exactly. But right. then on the other end of that spectrum is like, oh, you know, I'm hosting that event or I did such and such. And they're like, oh. Oh, you did? You know what I mean? It's like, could yeah. you care a little bit? You know, well, so I, I don't know what that what the perfect medium is. Yeah, there, I mean, in this are this article on HuffPo, it goes into detail because this this tweet went out from a, a writer by the name of Morgan Jerkins, and they said writers do not date or invest any sig- any significant amount of energy into a person who does not read your work, mm. and it ended up being this very long discussion about. Uh, some people saying, yeah, definitely. I, I knew that my marriage was falling apart when my significant other didn't didn't care about my writing work at all anymore. Like he was so invested at first, he always wanted to read what I was writing. And then he just couldn't care less at the end. And I knew that that's when, you know, he just didn't really care about me anymore. And then there were other people being like, I've been married for 18 years and my husband has never read my work and I don't really want him to. I like yeah. to keep my work separate from my personal life. I feel like I if if the scale is one to 10, 10 being... Hi, Mariah Carey, and Zero being like, uh huh, huh. I feel like I want you to be at least around like a three, four. Oh, okay. Like, uh-huh. I mean, so on the lower side still. I think so. Maybe a five uh-huh. if I'm really needing my ego stroked. Wow. But like, exactly right. Slow down. But like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is here. Like, I don't need you to listen every day to every single show and like hear all four hours. But like, I mean. Did no, you hear the interview no, we so did? Surprised. Like, did you hear the podcast? Like, do you follow something. us on social media at least? <laughs> exactly. Like, anything at all? Well, it. De- I think it depends largely on the career too. Like, I, like yeah, Katie, when we true. met a decade ago, I was just doing sketch comedy and she went to all like she she wouldn't go multiple times there were some significant others who would be there in the front row at every show Mm -hmm. and I was like wow I would kind of compare myself sometimes and be like well that 
uppers and boyfriends here every single night. Right. But Katie was like, I saw the show. It was great. You're like, I have other stuff to do, too. I know. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, no, I don't really think I need her to be there every single night. But she was always very supportive of what I was doing. And I feel like because I was in the entertainment industry... It's a little different than being like an accountant, I, right? But I also kind of can't be involved in her work as much. I'll listen to work drama, no problem. But she can't, literally, can't talk about her clients because of HIPAA. Right. <laughs> like it's a law. Yeah, she'll be like, "Oh, I had a hard well, day like, at work. This guy was gouging his own eye out." We had Miles Weber here, uh, my friend who's a stand-up comic, and like his now wife uh, back. But like when I met her, she was his girlfriend, and like she would go like to most of his shows, but not all of them. But like he also like works together with her on his jokes. Like he'll run his stuff through her, and she. So like give him feedback you know what I mean so like there's like all kinds of different different levels of that I guess and and how how much you want your your significant other to participate yeah so. well I mean at the end of this it just says there's no rule but there just should be an agreement which I think Dr. Jen would approve of I think she would yeah I think she would all right impeachment stuff next it's crazy and it's getting crazier than a petty fog we'll get to that next <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, I think a lot of people would like to drop the subject of impeachment, but no, mainly the Republicans. Well, that's that would be on brand. That yes. would be. This is some crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy okay. impeachment stuff. There's a lot of crazy impeachment stuff going on. Here is some crazy I've, impeachment stuff. Would dare say most of the impeachment stuff has been crazy. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Yeah. So. Other than the word pettifogging, which, hey, yesterday, if you weren't listening, we tweeted out our impeachment bingo cards, which Jarrett put together expertly. They look great. They are randomized cards. If you'd like to follow along during the impeachment process, any words that we use on the air in regard to the impeachment are fair game. And if you get a bingo, you need to call us at 833-77-CALL-Q. That is 833-77-CALL-Q-8. 3377-CALL-Q if you get... We have some really stellar prizes. We do. That I'm super excited about. Yes. Uh, so if and you... And gonna find at some point. We have prizes. All right. So call <laughs> us if you get a bingo. But I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jarrett, we had the word pettifogging on the bingo cards. You know, I think that one actually missed us. I think we, I was considering it, obviously, uh-huh. I but know you were. I just ran out of space. So. so it was used last night, and let's take a listen because, uh, and let me see exactly who was saying this. This too. was the um, Chief Justice John Roberts, who's okay. presiding over the Senate. Uh, he was trial. sort of scolding the legal teams, yeah. right, and some of the rhetoric they were using. And uh, here's what he said In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we were getting... Okay. So, he, was, he was scolding them for their, their behavior, basically. Yeah. And it was a moment where that kind of like trended on Twitter. And like it was a moment last night because he was he was a little bit frustrated with the way that things were going. And, uh, and pettifogging, if you're not aware, I know most of you know what the word means, but... It says, according to, and I know that you're usually the one who does the dictionary.com word of the day, but I'm just going to unofficially say the word of the day today is pettifogging, and it is an adjective, and it means placing undue emphasis on petty details, which I think there's been a lot of pettifogging going on. I would say so, yes. That that would be, again, on brand. Yes. Am I right? If we're going to bring back old words... I nominate this one because this is a great word and I think it can be used in today's context often. When I heard the word pettifogging, I thought it was some kind of like fetish or something. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I imagine someone with like a, a whip or something like yeah, a petticoat. Exactly. Like, oh my. Um, but yes, last night's uh, impeachment, like I said, they went into one fifty one in the morning uh, East Coast time. I was in bed getting home from a screening and like turn on the TV, and I saw MSNBC was still live, and I was like, "What is happening? Like what?" Why are they still going? Um, and so it's it, they just started as we went on the air this morning or depending on where you are in the country. Um, they had just began at, at 10 o'clock Pacific time, one o'clock Eastern, beginning their opening arguments. And it's it, it's been infuriating. And I tweeted about this last night because I think that people need to think about this more in the context of what this means going forward in this country. Like if Donald Trump is OK to go to a foreign country and to basically demand that they interfere in our election and can withhold military aid while people are dying in that country. And that's like totally fine to do for his own personal gain. Donald Trump can get away with anything now, right? Like after this impeachment is over, when they've acquitted him seemingly, um, he will have carte blanche to do whatever he wants because number one, Democrats are not going to impeach him again in this term. They're just not going to go through the process. And I mean, oh, I didn't know you could double impeach. You can impeach him every day if you wanted you to. You could. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very rare thing to do, but like you could impeach him every week. Um, and mind you, he's done enough that he could probably have been impeached every week of his presidency based on the things that he's done. Mm. But well, just the stuff with Iran too. I think some people were like, just these are, that alone. Aren't these more impeachable offenses? Right. So like, Democrats are not going to impeach him again in this term. But also like. He is up for re-election. If he gets re-elected, he's going to feel like I withstood an impeachment and I got re-elected and I can do whatever mm-hmm. I want because I don't have to run for another election. And, you know, it's it's free reign out there. Mm-hmm. And I this to me and I'm, I I said yesterday like, at the risk of sounding like I'm I'm being overdramatic, like we are watching what was the United States of America fall apart before our eyes in the Senate. Because if we allow this to happen, the presidency has changed forever. Well, it's changed forever. America falling apart before our very eyes on your bingo card. I That was not on my bingo card either. That one and <laughs> pedagogy. What was the word? Pedagogy. Pedifoggy. Petty fogging. I was going to let thinking. you keep going. But... <laughs> the look on Emmy's face is like, I'm ready to hit the dump button yeah, at any moment. Pet it, pet it, pet it. Nope, nope. See, that was going somewhere else as well. Well, we'll see where this goes. I mean, well, the arguments are being made now. We'll see if it has any sway in the end. I uh, doubt it. And we will. <laughs> we've, we've got more updates throughout the day. You're being a negative Nancy. Trent. I listen. I mean, I'm being a positive Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, maybe the furries can come in and save the Senate. What does that mean? I think they can. I don't really know. We'll explain it next. Friends. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Allie is over behind the board for what we like to call a stop and start segment where there's some incredible audio of something ridiculous that happened. And I know that this one has something to do with furries. Well, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the furry population, Jarrett, but I think a hero story is always worth telling here on Drop the Subject regardless. I think familiar might be overstating it, um, (laughs) but I've heard of furries. I don't really... Get it. Okay. Are you aware that there are people who love to live their lives as woodland creatures? So I that's the part that's new to me. Um, I thought that it was like a fetish thing or like something you did at cons. I didn't know that people did it in their everyday lives. Well, I don't think that people necessarily walk around in full costume every day. Like they're at the Ralph's in the grocery store. Just I mean, like... 
I would go to Ralph's more often if that was the case, but I, I, I don't think so. Living in L.A., I, nothing surprises me anymore. I'm walking down the street with like Chewbacca with his head off and like a Spider-Man <laughs> yes. in a dress. Like, it, with nothing. a stack of resumes exactly. under his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, I, I, from what I understand, there is a little code where, you know, if you've got a little, I mean, you might know about this, if, if somebody's got like a little uh, tail on their keychain or uh, some kind of a little like furry something dangling from their clothing that's like an inside sign like a DL sign that like I'm in the furry community right yes okay I, so, the, but but you are right, Jarrett. They do have cons. Yeah, and, I just I thought it was just like a fetishy thing. I didn't know that it was something that people did throughout the year. Well, some of these furries have been dubbed sense, heroes though. up in the Bay Area because okay. they saved a woman from domestic violence. Let's take a listen. The furries tell us that they were walking by a car when they saw a man punching a woman inside that car. As you can see, they didn't ignore it. They pulled the driver out of the car and held him down until police came okay so the <laughs> i think she forgot that last word yeah, okay. tell police what do they do what do they do uh okay there's a, a video of i believe a pink unicorn and a fox let me stop you right pulling there. a man out of a vehicle uh, <laughs> and beating the crab out of him it is one of the best things i've seen one of one of okay okay definitely the highlight of the week for me and it's only wednesday uh but let's hear from the pink unicorn himself because there was some expertise that he had to offer in this situation and i've had um about my whole life a bunch of taekwondo and shotokan karate and i was able to do i need to describe what this man looks like to you jared i'm guessing more one of your people than mine <laughs> guessing he has longer hair than i do okay it's permed of course very it is. blonde of course mm-hmm. he's got a nice cherubic face does he have on a graphic t-shirt yes well he actually has on his unicorn his story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes he looks he's one of those people that looks perpetually sunburned oh no uh, but he does a lot of taekwondo, so he thought he oh, could well, be in useful case, in this situation. Grab him by the back, pull him out of the vehicle, and put him onto the ground. Can Nerds I just stop to the here? rescue! Let me just say, can you imagine being like, because this is a domestic violence situation, can you imagine being in the middle of a domestic violence situation, whether you're the assailant or the victim, and like a unicorn comes up to the car and like no. stops the situation? It's got to be jarring mm-hmm. either way. Especially, I think, if you're like give me a sign if there's there's something that can help me exactly and then yes an actual unicorn comes up to your windshield and drags your boyfriend out of the car like you're you like gotta, this is my chance you gotta be like thank you god <laughs> thank i'm you. pretty sure thank you the guy who created star Unicorns? wars i don't like, know who i'm supposed to thank you yeah how the good samaritans became stars of FurCon, which is an annual convention of folks who express themselves creatively as characters in fursuits and fellow furries are very proud even though we're in animal costumes, we got we got some humanity as well. Ah, how pissed off do you think this woman was that she had to cover this story? Uh, this is one of those things where, as a as a reporter, you're reading the teleprompter like, "Keep your face straight, keep your face straight, keep your face straight," and you're grateful you don't have to say any crazy name or something because <laughs> so I there is nothing that I love the way that I love like uh, news folks like breaking into uncontrollable laughter, mm-hmm. like when Anderson Cooper had the moment with uh, Gerard. Depardieu about like peeing in a mug or something. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like him laughing hysterically 
It's just, it's so good. Yeah. There's so many videos online. I wonder if the person who they were beating up had fought back if it would have been animal cruelty. I, you know what? Let's it's, just be I glad that this woman was saved in this situation. <laughs> yes. Sort of a natural thing to just want to help somebody in need. So it's a natural thing. No matter who you are or who you dress as, it's natural to want to save the day and help a woman in need. And I'm very glad for the furry community that they did that today. I'm guessing this falls under giving everyone a voice. Thanks, Channel <laughs> woof, Q. Woof, woof. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I am Jarrett. Allie is over there with one arm trying to figure out how to work things. And, uh, I'm doing the best I can here. You're, and you're, you're all right. You're I promise I'm not on pain medication. You're not? No, I'm just on my, my Motrin, like I said. Well, you know, we do call that pain medication. It's fine. Yeah, but it's not like inhibiting my job. The arm is inhibiting my job. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I just wanted the awkward pause. Um, we uh, have so much more to talk about coming up in this hour. We're going to update you on impeachment um, and what's happening right now in uh, the Senate. We've got a, an interesting thing happening right now, though. I think we should probably drop the president. Drop the president. So this first story, I did not even know this was happening. It's it's a trip because there's so many other political stories happening that the impeachment has sucked all the air out of the room and we don't even hear them. So you found this headline in uh, the, the New York Post that says, <laughs> I'm, I'm modifying a bit here, Tulsi Gabbard, comma, Russian agent, comma, sues <laughs> Hillary Clinton for defamation. Yeah, you added the Russian agent I part. Did. Be careful, she'll sue you too. I doubt it. You, As you know, there are a couple of conspiracy theories that we support here on Drop the Subject, and Tulsi Gabbard being a Russian spy is one of them. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian spy, Kevin Spacey's a serial killer. Yes. Now you're all caught up. There you- <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> is still in the running for- I, just, I feel like someone in their car was like, oh, good. Oh, okay, okay. I can up. keep no- make a left. Uh, so she is still in the running for president of the United States. And still a Russian agent. And w- there is a lot of information that can possibly point to her having relations with Russia. And Hillary Clinton agrees. Hillary Clinton doesn't give a crap anymore. She oh. is flapping her mouth up and down. The, I mean, she all the stuff that she said about Bernie Sanders, all the stuff that she's saying about Tulsi Gabbard. She also said that she would support any candidate regardless, even if it was Sanders, if they ended up being the candidate. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second, because what's interesting here is that, like, from a Hillary Clinton perspective, Hillary Clinton, like, is always getting asked about this stuff and is usually a lot more measured. But lately, she has just, like, she has no F. She's no fil- Yes, she's like unfiltered. So now. Tulsi Gabbard um, obviously is one of the Democratic uh, pr- uh, primary candidates who has still not dropped out of the race. Who I always say is a Russian agent, and if she w- runs for an independent, uh, an independent candidacy, she will affirm for us that she's all a Russian agent. Um, she's filed a defamation suit against Hillary Clinton for calling her a Russian asset. Um, according to newly filed court papers, they say <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard is running for president of the United States, a position Clinton has long coveted but has not been able to attain. First of all, shade. Because um, Tulsi Gabbard, shade. you won't be attaining it either, sis. Uh, in October 2019, whether out of uh, personal animus, political enmity, or fear of of real change with the political party. Clinton and her allies have long dominated. Clinton lied about her perceived rival, Tulsi Gabbard. 
again, I don't know how she's a rival because Hillary Clinton is not running for president. She did not. She did so publicly and unambiguously and with an obvious malicious intent. It says that she said she's the favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far. Campaign H uh, that is from the campaign HQ host and former Obama campaign manager David Plouffe. So this okay. that's what she told so, him. Major problem Tulsi Gabbard's going to have here. Number one, she is a Russian agent. Number two, <laughs> this is supported by data. When I, when Hillary Clinton was talking about this, there was some data that came out that showed how Russian um, media, Russian state media, talked about the different presidential candidates, and it talked, it showed like data that that proved that they talk about her the most favorably of any of the candidates. They talked the worst about Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Joe and uh, Bernie Sanders. And Tulsi Gabbard was at the top of the list of how of like favorable uh, well, coverage. Clinton says, yes, she is a Russian asset. That's what she says. And yeah. I think the only way to find this out is to have some kind of a spy go into an American spy. And we'll maybe we can talk about this with Errol Southers to talk mm-hmm. about the proper protocol to go into Tulsi Gabbard's place, find where she charges herself because she's a <laughs> Russian robot. OK, uh, just kind of do some basic uh, surgery and see if there's robot eyes underneath the real ones. I mean, listen, she is just mm-hmm. such a piece of work. Or just you. go, hey, Tulsi. And she'll be like, yes. She'll just like set up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's hey, pretty. Tulsi, play my meditation playlist. Exactly right. And it'll just like, she'll open her mouth and it won't close and like sound will come out. <laughs> um, it's like her, the mouth is a speaker. I Tulsi <laughs> Gabbard, pretty woman, great suits, love the gray streak. Please go home. Yeah, and I think the whole military take that she has adds a whole new level of interest to the to the fact that she could be a Russian spy. Yeah, you know, because she has this whole like I'm a military gal. I'm you know we I've been loyal to this country. I've served our country. You know, she has this whole um you know yeah homegrown I'm, America kind of vibe. I, you can trust me. Rely on me. Right. Like go home. And she always wears white. She always wears white, which is a women's suffrage nod, um, uh, suffragette nod. But Hillary Clinton was always doing that as well. Hillary Clinton was in the news yesterday because she said that nobody likes Bernie Sanders, which, again, facts. Um, <laughs> well, mind you, he has plenty of people who like him. I'm not one of them. But she came back and said, uh, I think one of her tweets said something about, like, you guys wanted my opinion or my yeah. unvarnished opinion or something like that. Um, and then she came out and explained, like, her her words were, I thought everyone wanted my un- authentic, unvarnished views. Um, but to be serious, uh, the number one priority for our country and world is retiring Donald Trump. Um, and as I always have, I will do whatever I can do to support our nominee. Even if that's Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton will support the nominee. And I, I feel the same way. I think most Democrats feel that way. Um, we've got to beat Donald Even Trump. Even Tulsi? I, Tulsi Gabbard is t- Tulsi Gabbard, comma, Russian agent, comma, does not feel that way, probably. <laughs> I think she probably would vote for Donald Trump, to be honest with you. I think she's just a weirdo. Like, but if she won the primary, do you think Hillary would vote for her? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. I don't know. What do you know. think, Tulsi? Beep, bop, boop, boop, yeah, if, if Tulsi Gabbard won the nominate, wow, I need to sit with that for a minute. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to figure out the answer to that question. When we come back, why Pete Buttigieg is in trouble, uh, that's up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We are back, and we're in the middle of a little segment we like to call Drop the President. <laughs> Drop the president. Because that's the whole point of an election is 
to drop the current president. For one side to try and drop the other. So Which I will say quickly that it doesn't seem, it, I mean, like I'm looking at the new polls and it's like Sanders has a big surge and Biden's ahead. And there's really been no clear front runner. It just keeps changing, which worries me. Well, this is why every time there's like a new surge, like you'll remember when the first debates were happening, it was with Joe Biden. And then the second or third debate, Kamala Harris had that, mm. I was that little girl moment. And then Boom. she surged. And then people started piling on her. And then it was Elizabeth Warren. And then she surged. And then now it was back Pete to Buttigieg. Sanders. Yeah, that's why I was saying, well, Pete Buttigieg and Sanders, like they're all having another moment. And so that's why when we were having that conversation earlier, I was saying like it's way too early to tell like what any of this really mattering because you know we don't have our first primary debate our first primary uh, or caucus in Iowa until next month so I mean we still have uh, I think it's about a dozen days left or something like that until the first one so I mean anything could still happen four senators are off the off the route that's going to probably have some kind of an impact so it'll be interesting to see how it, how it shapes up um, but Pete Buttigieg there's a headline out right now about his mayoral staff being disproportionately white why does this matter? Pete Buttigieg already has a pretty significant problem with communities of color, namely black folks. And black voters have always been kind of a linchpin within the Democratic Party and specifically black women. Um, and like ha- getting the black vote for Democrats has always been really important to to winning. And so the idea that Pete Buttigieg could be the nominee that's a major problem, I think, for the party because Pete Buttigieg, I don't think he's ever had more than 1% um, vote uh, uh, approval from black voters. And if he becomes the candidate, I think the real issue is going to be enthusiasm. People aren't going to be able to come, coming out to vote for him. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that he likes to speak about diversity, too. Yeah. I, the thing is, which like, is like, oh, I like to represent everybody in my community by the yeah. people that I put on my staff and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. I am not upset with Pete Buttigieg in the ways that he speaks about diversity and inclusion. I think he does a really good job talking about it. It doesn't seem like he walks the walk as much as as well as he talks the talk mm. just by looking at these numbers, looking at the things that happen with the uh, South Bend Police Department and their black police chief getting fired in a way that the white police chief didn't and stuff like that. Um He's going to have this as an uphill climb for him, getting black and brown voters to get excited about him, because it's not just about like, are are black voters going to vote for the Democratic candidate? Because they will, um, most likely, because, you know, history would say that black that black voters are are more likely to vote for a Democrat than a Republican. And especially when the Republican is Donald Trump, the the margin, the question comes in with enthusiasm, like how many people are going to come out? Because that was a problem in the three states that Donald Trump won that helped him to win the Electoral College is like enthusiasm was higher for Donald Trump supporters than it was for Hillary Clinton supporters. And yes. like if, if enthusiasm isn't there to vote for Pete Buttigieg or for anyone else for that matter, that's how you lose an election. Well, and I've, I've been to Indiana before and it's not, I mean, it seemed more diverse than some people would think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, at least the cities that I went to and then, you know, just reading from this article that you sent, it seems like there are, there are, like in South Bend, at least, there are Caucasian people make up about half the population. Yeah. So I would imagine that if he's coming from that environment, he should have, be, he should be walking the walk if yeah. that's where he is already. Yeah, but I mean, office. I mean, we see this in a lot of like major cities where they are predominantly black or or at least half non-white. Like in the article here, it says a new analysis by HuffPost of the executive staff Buttigieg surrounded himself with during uh, the eight years as mayor found that two thirds were white in a city that is roughly half non-white. Our prior analyses did not look at his entire tenure as mayor, but it's just like. 
I I see this as a major problem for the Democratic Party if Pete Buttigieg is their candidate. If Pete, I can guarantee you, if Pete Buttigieg becomes the the Democratic nominee, he is going to have a black running mate. It wow. will have to be Kamala Harris yeah. or Cory Booker, neither one of which has like huge popularity, um, or Stacey Abrams or or um, uh, uh, um, the former governor, former uh, governor candidate uh, uh, Andrew Gillum from Florida. It's going to have to be a black person, maybe a Julian Castro or a brown person, but like he's going to need a person of color. Well, I can tell you this just from my own prediction. I think Pete Buttigieg is probably doing really well with the furry community. <laughs> you know what? Especially because he kind of looks like a mouse. Am I right? Point well taken. Huh? Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Where we news things and we lose things. You've got three headlines. I've got three votes. And the people will get whatever we get them. Mm, yeah. What you, you got? Make the choices. All right. Headline number one. Here's how you can vote on the name of the new Mars rover and what names you have to choose from. I feel like we have like a theme around here about names. So <laughs> news it. All right. Headline number two. Meet the man with an orgasm allergy. What? <laughs> Um, I feel like this is a Dr. Chris story. Like he's gonna be talking about this tonight on Loveline. Uh, yes. And then finally, headline number three, Jessica Simpson opens up in her new memoir. We'll lose it. <laughs> you don't want to hear what Jessica Simpson has to say when she opens up about her life? Mm-mm. Wow. I do enjoy Jessica Simpson. I love the music, but I don't really enjoy care. Enjoy is a very jam-packed word. I No, mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoy the music. I think she's got some really great songs, wow. but don't really care. <laughs> uh, All right, there <laughs> we go. It's coming back in, in just three minutes. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Thinking about the rabbit hole of conversation that we were just having during that song. That <laughs> and it's like, dun, 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 dun. Exactly. All right, back on track. It's like, oh, come back, come back. <laughs> uh, News It or Lose It is all the way live, and Allie has a rather disappointing two out of three. Oh, well, I, 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 mean, I thought that Jessica Simpson was going to be there for me, but alas, she was not. <laughs> what you got for us? Okay, so NASA, they are asking for your input on what to name the new Mars 2020 rover. And as you'll know, in the course of history, in the history of the internet, uh, people don't do great with naming things. Uh, there was a boat that people were trying to name. They ended up naming it Bodie McBoatface. So NASA has done... <laughs> Uh, they've made a good move by just giving us options, and mm-hmm. we have to vote from specific they said, options. We're not fooling with you people. We're not doing Rover McRover face. It's not happening. So their uh, students, some students, have sent in about twenty-eight thousand essays with name nominations, and oh. they narrowed it down to these. So, and we can tweet out the link for how to vote. Uh, you click and vote. I think you have about a week left to choose. And here are the names. Okay. The promise, vision. Oh. Endurance, perseverance, pettifogging. Wow, how'd that get there? Wow, <laughs> foresight for them. Clarity, courage, tenacity, ingenuity, and fortitude. I I feel like the only one that 
really resonated with uh, tenacity, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Oh, tenacity? I'd want to name it something like, I, I want to give it a human name. I do too. I want to give it like a virtual assistant name, like Cortana. Oh, no. I want it to be like Harriet. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I or want it to be like get... a historical name. Oh, yeah. A historical name would be good, or just like a really plain name, like Blair. Mark. <laughs> Dave. The new Mark Mars Rover 2020. Yeah. Yeah. We'll name him Trump Supporter Dave. That's what we'll name it. Trump Supporter Rover, exactly. still roving around on, of course, a red planet. Exactly. God, can't even go to the blue planet. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this man and his orgasm allergy. Uh, yes, please. Talk Am about I right? a, a tough time. I mean, every time you get excited, you don't feel good. You just feel brain fog, depression, and watery, itchy eyes. Are you serious? And any other allergy symptoms. Yes. No way. This man, he is unnamed. For what reason, I do not know. Oh, how horrible. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to remain anonymous if you had this condition? Probably. He uh, is 25 years old, and he is reported suffering from debilitating anxiety and brain fog after climaxing ever since the age of 16. Can you imagine? I mean, you're with your friends, and they're like, wow, I just discovered pleasuring myself. Dude, amazing, right? Yeah, and, and he's, he's like... like no, no, this is awful. Wow. Okay, so debilitating anxiety? So doctors have diagnosed him with post-orgasmic illness syndrome, or POIS. That is not a thing. Uh, you can call anything a syndrome. Okay. Yeah, and you can call anyone a POIS. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, an ejaculation-induced disorder marked by nasal congestion, burning eyes, concentration difficulties, irritability, depression, and flu-like state of mind or general malaise. What? Yeah. I will say I don't get nasal congestion. It does tend to open everything up for me. (laughs) I feel like I can breathe a little bit better. It's like sniffing some wasabi. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I can imagine, you know, not wanting to have sex and having those lame excuses like, oh, I have a headache. Saying I'm allergic to orgasming would seem like something someone would make up. It's a good reason. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, if you believe it. I have POIS. I like, can't have sex. You have poise? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, You're like, are those the pads? What? So I can't just, no, 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 no. Does anyone have a Claritin? I need to have sex. I will, I'm just wondering, like, if it's anxiety um, that comes from it, I'm wondering if this is something that could be helped with a therapist, you know? like Yeah, I don't know, because some, some of it's of physical and... Yeah, the, I mean, the anxiety and depression is an interesting layer to it yeah. because the other parts are physical and allergy, you know, it seems like common allergy symptoms, but and a flu-like symptoms, that's weird. But to have depression, anxiety, that, yeah, might have some kind of a psychological effect. I'm wondering if treatment for him is a combination of, like, a therapist and, like, some kind of allergy yeah. medicine or something. Nasonex? Right. I was thinking, like, a, a Claritin. Yeah. And a- Nasonex and a sex robot. There, there you go. go. You're cured. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Allison? Yeah. Sorry. You know I'm trying to snack all day, even on a mint. Um we have a uh, Errol Southers is that just a dairy got here. Free mint? It is a dairy free mint. Um this one doesn't have the butter flavor, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. That's disgusting. Uh can I have a butter mint? Thank yeah, you. I want the butter flavored mint. Yeah. I actually want the I can't believe it's not butter mint. Thank I, you. I can't believe it's not mint butter. <laughs> that that's what I'm looking for. Um I always hear Wanda Sykes in my head when she talks about, I can't believe it's not butter. She's like, then what the hell is it? Um, Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Uh, Errol Southers is here. He's in the green room right now. I'm so excited uh, to talk about his new show called Spy Games on Bravo. It just premiered this week, and he is one of the mentors on that show. So that's coming up in our next segment. But 
Al, you've got something for us. Yes, because you and I and Emmy and, I mean, really all of us in this building are going to a place in this building every single day. So I just read this article about how gross that one area is, and I thought I would bring it to the show just to make you aware. I, I'm i cringing at this because I, I, it makes me nervous. What do you think is the grossest place in this whole building? The bathroom. Okay. The Emmy, women's bathroom from what you Emmy, guys say. Emmy, I know that maybe our building is different than normal office buildings. I would also go with the women's bathroom, but what do you think? Confirmed the women's bathroom. Okay, confirmed <laughs> that women's bathroom is atrocious. Mind you, the men's bathroom is no no heaven either, but sure. you, the way you guys talk about that women's bathroom, it sounds awful. I have seen that men's bathroom door open with a giant industrial fan coming out of it, and I still think it's better than the women's bathroom. Yikes. But that is not the grossest place in the building, according to this. The a, a, grossest place might be like the the buttons on the freight elevator. Oh, that's a good guess, too. Yeah. Uh, a recent study has found that 50% of the reservoirs in the break room have had disgusting mold for years and that most of them are way more disgusting than your average bathroom. Uh, Coffee makers... That makes so much sense. ...likely have the most germ and mold-ridden thing... I mean, if you think about that coffee machine in the break room... No, don't do this because I love that machine. I love it too. Allie, don't do this. Think about do how not many do times this to me. you press whatever it is you press. French vanilla and then espresso. And then you go, oh, damn it, this has dairy in it. Yeah, did that last time. <laughs> and then. Uh, how, uh, how many germs do you share with the other people who press the French vanilla button? But Vanilla button? The French vanilla button. <laughs> um, I'm going to shut this mint out of my mouth. Um... There's something gross about what you're saying right now. There's a lot of things gross about what you're saying right now because uh-huh. I'm thinking about how, like, I I was saying how I will use this app to have someone like clean the house like once a month or something, and like I have that person like do deep cleaning, right? Like the stuff that isn't just like everyday cleaning the dishes and wiping off the counter. And I'm thinking like, how often is the break room getting deep cleaned? Not you know not what I mean? At all. Like someone really cleaning out the sink, oh, think really about getting whose job under- that is. Yeah, you can't even think of the person, right? Because oh, who no. is it? So, according to a guy named Chuck Jerba, he's a professor professor of microbiology at University of Arizona. Sounds trustworthy. Yeah. And Gerba, Gerba, he says that coffee break rooms have more bacteria than restrooms in most office buildings. And he said that, uh, you know, there are some coffee cups that have E. coli coming to, according to some of the tests that he's done. Please go to break. Some cups even had fecal. Please stop talking. Fecal matter, Jarrett, on the cups. I just wanted you to leave it at fecal. They have fecal. They have fecal. That is disgusting. Okay, so I don't know whose job it is. You're right, Jarrett. I I think that, especially if you think about the counter and how many people just leave things on the counter and they eat and then they walk away. Uh, You know, you think about the counters, even in this very studio, the things that we eat here. This studio's got to be freaking disgusting. We don't wipe. I mean, think about how sick we all get on a regular basis. Yeah, well, I'm also thinking we made Tim employee of the month around here. We need to call him and find out the answers to these questions. I think we should do that. I'm on board. If you have to investigate, like, if you or someone you know has a nastier workplace space than the, the break room, give us a call. 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-77-CALL-Q. Ew, yeah. Send us the photos of what you think is the grossest place in your workplace. 833-77-CALL-Q. Up next, Errol Southers is here from Bravo's brand new show, Spy Games. Cannot wait. And we're going to spring a game on him. He does not know. 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Thanks for checking out Drop the Subject. If you are just tuning in, well, then you are in for a treat. You're lucky. We are joined by Errol Southers, who, Errol, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. We uh, chatted with you, what was it, a couple weeks ago when we uh, discussed some of the strikes in Iran, and you are an expert in transportation security, counterterrorism. I mean, I look at your Wikipedia page, and I can't imagine what your office looks like. It must be decorated with diplomas. How many of them do you have? Uh, Three degrees and a lot of books. Okay, got it. Uh, Well, it's a pleasure having you. We wanted to just chat with you in general, but also to talk about the new show Spy Games, which uh, just premiered this week on Bravo. And tell us a little bit about it, because I I like to think that I would make a good spy. I know that you looking at me now with uh, with my arm in a sling, you probably wouldn't agree. But I think it's fun to think about what is the show about, and uh, and you're a judge on this. I'd like to know how it all came together and how you're liking being a judge on this show. Well, thank you. Uh, loving the show. The show is based on a World War II project called Station S. And what they did during World War II is they took civilians who had no trade craft or experience at all and put them into a home, as we did, and started to train them on spy and espionage tradecraft to see who had the talent, if you will, to possibly be a spy. Wow. And so that's what we've done with this show. We've taken 10 people, five men and five women and uh, who have no background at all and we put them through missions and each episode someone gets sent home one of the clips i saw online was like teaching people how to like uh how to kind of disappear in a room or how to not how to be inconspicuous and like disappear in a room yeah it says like find a rug they're 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 showing people how to like you know be able to like blend in into a space and stuff like that and i'm just like Oh my God, these are all things that like would be really cool to know as a spy, but it's like, could I do that? I don't know. Like, How do you teach people these things? Well, it's all about what we call being the gray person. Okay. Or, and so what you have to do, I mean, if you've seen Bourne, and, and unlike James Bond, who is in a tux and looks fantastic, and right. he's the best looking guy in the room, Jason Bourne just walks around and no one even knows he's there. That's what we're looking for. So we're looking for people who can walk into that room, accomplish the mission, get what they need to get and leave. And when people are asked later, were they there? They kind of have to scratch their heads and say, gee, I don't remember I him or like her. I feel like he might have been there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I, I feel like the obvious question with with shows like this and like giving people this kind of information is like, how does this not like help bad guys? But like, it also like kind of helps good folks as well, like that are trying to like just be a little bit more aware of their surroundings. How do you guys uh, answer that or think about it? Well, you've actually hit both nails on the head. Um, we're often asked that question, or are we compromising tradecraft when we show people certain things that we do? And the answer is no. Uh, there are things that those who are really intuitive do anyway. Sure. But what we're doing is we're bringing out some of the highlights for the things that we do in the field that would be helpful. So no, we're not giving anything in the way of methods or sources that are classified, but sure. we are making it more interesting for people to say, oh, I can understand how that'll be useful. I mean, we kind of have that same question when you're watching Law & Order, right? Like you watch a person murder someone, how they clean it up and they get right. away with it. You're it's like, like you're oh, not... wood chipper. I exactly. wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> That's thought great. Of that. uh, we actually have a clip from Spider- Games. Uh, we'll take a listen. Ten daring individuals have come to live out their spy fantasies and try to beat the ultimate game of espionage. Based on a real World War II secret spy program called Station S, 
where America recruited civilians to a remote estate and turned them into spies. So what is the competitors will what is the selection process like? I mean, is it the same as The Bachelor, where it's like, hey, I'm Allie, I'm a Virgo, and I'm just like always really loved spies. I'm just really looking for love. I mean, spies. And I'm average enough to where I probably wouldn't be recognized in a room. Like, how do you decide who gets on season one? Well, the assessors, the judges, one of them, uh, of course, being me. We were not involved in that process, but it was a nationwide search. Let me just back up. They went through over 100 former FBI, CIA, Secret Service, DEA agents to get the three of us. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So to get the 10 competitors, I'm not quite sure how many people they went through, but it went on for months. And I have to tell you that the diversity of backgrounds, skill sets, athleticism, intellect is just incredible with the 10 that they got. And they're very impressive. But it is, a, it is a little bit more than just liking spies, although when you'll see in the first episode when someone says they, he has Bond fantasies, that does come out. Uh, but it was very, very well done, and I was really impressed with the people they got. What are, you, what are the, the key traits in these folks that you feel like, oh, this person might have it? Like, what are, what are you looking for in those kinds of folks? It seems like each person had one or two traits that really stood out. You know, we had, obviously, we had a couple of athletes, a couple mm. of vets who had served over mm. in the Middle East. We those had, are like the obvious ones that you'd think, like, absolutely, yeah. Exactly. People with multiple language skills, and if you look at them, you'd never think they spoke the language that they're also proficient in. Mm. Hackers, mm-hmm. um, law backgrounds, medical backgrounds. I mean, that's what we want in the real espionage world. We want people who have skill sets that when we put them into an operation, we don't have to teach them. I mm. did two undercover operations in the FBI. Both were classified. I did things that I had done throughout my life. So when I had to go into that role, they didn't have to teach me. Yeah. What they do in the bureau is we do an assessment of everybody when they become a new agent and we have a skill set survey to ask all the things that you do. So I hate to tell you this. Keanu Reeves in the first point break, yeah. when they taught him how to surf, mm-hmm. we wouldn't do that. We'd mm-hmm. find an agent who knows how to surf He'd be our agent. Okay, so yeah. take, it wouldn't w- be so kooky. No, I would like to note that he did not say comedian or journalist uh, in the list of, of <laughs> occupations oh, that he I, threw out there. Sorry, we have a journalist. Oh, and oh. sucker! Okay, we have a journalist. Um, Cracking jokes is important for sorry, undercover sorry. operations. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's extremely athletic, really smart, and. Um, I won't tell you who she is because I won't give you the spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Wow. Very cool. Okay, Very so cool. you did two undercover operations. I did. And you cannot talk about those, correct? One was in foreign counterintelligence and the other was in terrorism, and I will take those operations to the grave. Wow. So nobody, not a, another soul, knows about those. They know about the operations. They don't know what I did. They don't know who the targets were in terms of the people or the countries. Um And it was quite an honor. I can't imagine what percentage of of FBI agents become undercover. Uh, When I was appointed as a new agent, there were were 15,000 applicants that year. They appointed 320 agents. Okay, and and when you have done these undercover operations, is there a certain persona that you got to make up? How much control over it did you have, or did they tell you, "Here's your new identity"? Get out there, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well, again, they put me into a role that I would fit. And as I mentioned in the show, this is all about being able to give people false information, but staying as close to who you really are Mm. in the role. Um, We're we're backstopped. Backstopped means that my false identity, if you go out there in a database and look, you'll see what I want you to see. And I was backstopped to the eighth grade with a false identity. Wow. Okay. I'm super duper fascinated. We have so many more questions. 
And we're going to spring a game on you. Spy okay. game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back more with Errol Southers from Bravo's new show, Spy Games. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, we are having fascinating off-air chats <laughs> with out. Errol Southers, uh, an expert in counterterrorism, also a professor of national and homeland security at USC, correct? That's correct. And uh, just as an expert on spies, quickly... Tulsi Gabbard, Russian spy. <laughs> I can't. I can neither confirm or deny. Uh-huh. I'll write I always that say down. whenever we talk about Tulsi Gabbard, I always say Tulsi Gabbard, comma Russian, Russian asset, <laughs> comma. Um, well, but I mean, but like, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to say whether or not she's a Russian asset. But like, I've I've heard them talk about her a lot, and like mm-hmm. the reasons people question her at the very least. Um, when you see people having discussions about that, what's going off in your head? They are certainly keying on some statements and some behaviors that would be consistent with what they're alleging with what she's doing. Mm. Well, uh, Errol, we could talk to you all day. Uh, You don't have anything else to do today, right? That's fascinating. (laughs) I mean, talking about some of the cars that you've gotten to drive, which I mean, I, I mean, just fascinating, fascinating stuff, which you would think that you'd want to be inconspicuous and they give you a Prius or something, but you got to drive some real nice cars. Um, before we let you go, we wanted to play a little game with you because Jared has decided he wants to be a spy. I mean, okay. I kind of want to be a spy. And uh, I mean, at the I mean, very least... I have to least, work out more, but you I could, think... Well, that might be one of the questions here. There are oh. some questions that I was able to find and I want to get your advice too. Uh, I'll ask them, Jared can answer, and then, you know, Errol, you can kind You're of judging. be the expert. Yeah, okay. and kind of chime in on, on whether his answer is good enough. And if you haven't already, please check out Spy Games on Bravo. Errol Southers is one of the judges. Uh, I'm just learning the premise today. It sounds like a fascinating show. I can't wait to check it out. So here are some questions, Jarrett. Let's decide whether or not you'd make a good spy. Oh, God. Okay. All right. With Errol sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. An unmarked letter comes to your house with only a date, a time, and a place on it. What do you do? Um, I call Errol. <laughs> I will tell you, like, I right after Melania happened, like, some weird stuff happened on my computers, and I started calling all the law enforcement people that I knew, like, um, what does this mean? Should I be worried about this? I would probably call someone like Errol. Okay. So, I think that is one of the options is to call a friend or go there with somebody that you trust. Is that uh, is that an answer that you'd support, Errol? Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. When you want to safety first. Yeah. And if you have no idea what the source of this letter is from, or where it's from, um, that's absolutely the right thing to do. Awesome. I'm a spy. All right. Senior superlative time in high school. What were you voted as? Class clown, most creative, most athletic? Oh. What would be yours? Uh, in, in high school? Yeah. Okay. Because each, each school I had something. Uh, in high school, I was voted most dramatic. I was in the theater. <laughs> All right, so, Errol, is yeah. that a point in the pro column or the con column? Oh, that's a hard one. That's a con Because most dramatic obviously means he stood out. Uh-huh. And so that could be a problem. Oh, noted. Okay. But, but, but. most dramatic means he also can take on different roles. Uh-huh. Sure. I played the prince. No one, I, no one would have expected me to be the prince. Who knew? All right. I want to see if you've had this experience, Errol, but this is for Jarrett for now. Your job requires you to take some top secret phone calls, but your jealous significant other thinks that you are sneaking around with someone else. What do you do if they confront you? Oh, um, because they can't know what I do for a living, no. right? Oh, um, I would have to tell them that I was doing something for work that I couldn't talk about. So the three, <laughs> the rules are like this, and there's three of them. I haven't had any training, Errol. I could do okay. better. 
deny everything. Most dramatic, am I right? <laughs> so the, the three golden rules, deny everything, okay. admit nothing, and demand proof. Whoa! But then my your part. How do you make your partner trust you if you're like denying everything and they know you're telling the lie? Admit nothing and demand proof. <laughs> deny everything, admit nothing, demand proof. Uh huh. Oh. They're like that's lipstick on your collar, and you're like, no, that's blood. Oh, yeah. Wait, well, I'm thinking like how many relationships have ended because someone denied everything, admit nothing, mm-hmm. and and demanded proof. Yikes! And I will tell I will tell you this. I mean, those situations can occur. Uh, my colleague on the show who's also a judge, if you'll read his book, Doug's book is called Left of Boom, and he had a girlfriend who believed he definitely was not who he said he was going to be, and she pushed him on it, and mm. he didn't break. Wow. Oh, man. All right. so hard. Here's, okay. we got one, one more. Well, maybe two if we have time. You need to cause a distraction to sneak out, sneak out of a party undetected. This is what you're calling going gray, right, Errol? Yes. What do you do? How do you get out of a party undetected? Oh, um, I mean, I'm pretty good for an Irish Besides exit. Besides doing barrel rolls. <laughs> you do that three times and then you're that guy. Um, I, uh, I, I'm I, pretty good about being able to slip out of a party like without people noticing. Because earlier in the show today, we were talking about like me at parties can be really awkward. Like that first 30 to 45 minutes, I'm like in and out of the bathroom just trying mm-hmm. to get away from people. Um, so I would... I probably wouldn't cause a distraction. I would probably just like sneak out of a side door and not and not be noticed. Right answer. Yes. Whoa. Absolutely. And, and as you'll see in our first episode, a couple people do things at an event that are big problems. Yeah. And you don't want to again draw attention to yourself. So the right way to do it is you were never there. Yeah. Yeah. I would go to the bathroom or something and then go out of the back. Don't door. do anything that stands out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be a good spy because I just am so noticeable on the dance floor. I mean, my moves are next level. So I. I. I, this, I. I want to say that was a lot of sarcasm, but I'm also thinking <laughs> no, she might be serious. Okay, and then finally, okay. as a spy, you're expected to be in really good shape, as Errol said. So, how would you maintain that fine physique? I just want to know, you know, after you answered, Jarrett, uh, Errol, what would be the best way to keep into shape, uh, Jarrett? What would you do? What would I do to stay in shape? Yeah. Like, um, what knowing, would you prioritize? I know you love the elliptical. Knowing my, first of all, curse word you. <laughs> um, but I would probably say, I would probably have to join like a class or something, like where I could mm-hmm. be in a group of people and that would also keep me accountable for having to be there at a certain time with other people and that kind of thing. I'd probably do that. So what I do think you... Errol would be like, don't do that because that's with other people noticing you. Well, there were a couple examples I just want to see from you, Errol. Like there was, you know, keeping up your stamina. Is that more important than being agile? What kind of exercise would make you a good spy? Well, again, physical fitness is important. I hate to say it, she's right. Cardio is really important. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we elliptical were talking, is a good idea. I'm, I'm beginning to start for uh, a marathon, so okay. that's something I'm working on. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. You, half marathon or, or 10K might be good. Slow down, Errol, okay? I'm doing a 10K for my birthday and working up from there, buddy. Um, <laughs> but again, it's all about what you like to do to stay fit. Everybody's different. Um, so just keep doing that. You mm. don't want to get into a new class to try to get fit. Just those things that you already do. Errol, it's been an absolute pleasure Absolutely. talking to you. Um, Spy Games. And he's gone. Oh my God, he's gone. <laughs> he's, got, he's not even in here anymore. <laughs> Spy Games airs on Bravo Mondays at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock Central. So excited for this show. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, the first and second episodes are available right now if you go on bravo.com. Um, check it out. Errol, we will probably have you back talking about something else very soon. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q.
Wow, Ali is so abusive to me. Um, I just, I can't. I mean, uh, welcome back to the show with um, Jared and Ali, the best of friends, right, Jared? I know uh, the trauma of working next to you right now is I'm, I'm gonna have to talk to my therapist about it. Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> blink, 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 blink. <laughs> I love how you resort to a cartoon sound effect. Well, I mean, they can't hear my blinking. That's the whole point. All right. We're in here having a conversation about Donald Trump's tweets, and he's out there tweeting about how Congress doesn't have the information. We have the information. It's like, yes, sweetie, that's why you're charged with obstruction of Congress. Right. Because you're basically saying, so yes, he says, I, hold on, let me find the exact quote, because he said, uh, I've, like, I watched enough... Oh, yeah. We're doing very well. I got to watch enough. I thought our team did a very good job. But honestly, we have all the material. They don't have the material. So you're basically saying there's more material. Yeah. You're saying that they're like, they don't have the evidence. We have it. So when you guys heard Allie. So there's evidence. If you guys caught Allie cursing at me, it was because we were saying (laughs) the lawyers would be like, stop talking, dumbass. Like, leave it alone. Shut your mouth. (laughs) God. Or Allie was just being abusive. It's one or the other. All right. We'll leave you you to decide. It is now the Gay AMA. This is the time of the show when we do an AMA, but it's an LGBTQ themed AMA, which is why we call it the Gay AMA. It's a chance for us to ask each other questions about our lifestyles and differences. Learn a little something here on Drop the Subject. Here's my question for you, Jarrett. People ask me this sometimes. Being in a gay relationship and living with my wife do we share clothes? Do we share makeup? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I'm going to turn this question around and ask it to you. Do I share makeup with my boyfriend? Do you share makeup and skirts <laughs> with your boyfriend? <laughs> no, if you have a significant other, have you ever been in a situation where you share clothing? Do you share razors? Is there anything that mm. you share, especially being two guys? So, so one would think that two people of the same gender living in a, in a place together, you would save money on certain things. There's a... Like, we like to buy tampons in bulk. We save on that. Wow. Um, I know that's not relevant to you, but is yeah. there a similar thing that you have guys like to share? I have not bought tampons in bulk with a boyfriend before. I don't have that experience. Um, there's a joke on Will and Grace where Will is dating a guy in maybe season two or something like that. And he's, like, naming all the things that he loves about this guy who's not good for him. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the things was, like, he's, like, he's my exact same size, so I'm basically doubling my wardrobe. It's true. Yes. So, um, I have not had that as much um i've only i've dated very few people who are also like six foot three and like my size got it um but i have had instances of like sharing things i do remember one specifically i was uh, on a set like uh, working on a, on a movie and like i got a call to like present at an awards thing and it was like that night and it was like noon and I was did not have time to go all the way home, mm-hmm. change clothes, go to the thing. So I texted my boyfriend at the time and I was like, I don't know if I can even say yes to this. And he's out of town. So he was like, go to my house, go in my closet. I have X, Y, Z and you can make it work. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So and you felt weird about it. I Well, I felt weird because like we're not exactly the same size. We don't have the same style. And I wasn't really mm-hmm. sure. I went to his house and like went in the back of the closet and like found a blazer and like made it work. But like it doesn't happen that frequently to where I'm like we're sharing a bunch of different stuff. Now, I mean, I will say that X also still has a pair of my sweatpants that I've 
I don't expect to ever get back. Oh, okay. So you would, sh- you have shared, you've had boyfriends wear some of your clothing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't happen that much for me. Mm. Yeah. But would you share things like a razor or, you know, general grooming things? Or is that just no. crossing a line for you? You want your own things? Yeah. I don't like, like the, the whole toothbrush razor thing. I, I don't, mm. uh, maybe not. What about cologne? Yeah, cologne is fine. Like maybe but it's about clippers. That you'd smell the same. I mean, we'd probably smell the same after we got out of the same bed together, or you know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Like, I don't mind that so much. But like, I it would be great. I would I wouldn't be opposed to it. It just hasn't really happened in the past. So like, if I had someone that was like similar size or we had similar taste in this or that, like that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife and I have completely separate wardrobes. We never wear each other's clothes, and we still manage to be called twins. I was going to say, but you still manage to look We still manage to look exactly alike. I don't know how it's possible. All right. We turn the tables. Jared asks me a question. The game continues after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject. Still a lot to get to on the show today. The game continues now. And then at the top of the next hour, we're going to do something that we've been meaning to do for a couple weeks now. Uh, Let's predict what's going to happen in 2020 the best way we know how. Through Mad Libs. Oh, everyone loves (laughs) a good Mad Lib. And, you know, there are plenty of shows like The Simpsons that get credited with predicting the future. So why can't that show be us this year? Okay. Okay. So I have a couple Mad Libs that I've created. I'm going to get some uh, some things from you, what Jared. What could go wrong? Nouns, foods, verbs, uh, the street you grew up on, and then we're going to predict what happens in the rest of 2020. But first, it's the game, eh? Emmy. That's the music. There we go. I couldn't hear it. Sorry, that was my. You don't. Fault. You refuse to wear. She headphones. said, "Don't try me." <laughs> my headphones were turned down. By the way, we did decide that, and Errol agreed that Emmy would make a great spy. Yeah, I think I think Emmy's going to be the spy out of the three of us. Um, okay. I think we all know it's not me. I think we all know it's not me. <laughs> if I have to be athletic and taking Barry's boot camp classes or whatever. <laughs> Barry's boot camp. Um, it's just not going to be me. Sorry, guys. Love yous. Um, okay. So last week we had. Katie on the show, mm-hmm. and we played the Grey's Anatomy game with her, and she did pretty well, I think. Oh, she played it for every single one of our friends. Oh, did she really? Yes. On the way, she played it for me, even though I was there. You were you were apparently in the room. Yep. And then when we drove to Tahoe this past weekend, she made everybody listen to it again, mm. uh, and and then paused it periodically and was like, "Aren't I doing great?" See, I knew that, but the answer to this one was BS because you know X, Y, and Z. So she was very uh, <laughs> obsessed with her appearance. Noted. Okay. On the show. So bringing your wife to work. This was the first time she'd ever been here. Was there any like anxiety before or after having her in this workspace since she's never come to see you work? You know, I and I know we talked about it earlier in the show about how involved you would want your significant other to be in your work environment. I had no problem bringing her here and I've had no problem since, uh, aside from the fact that I've had to listen to that bit four times now. <laughs> I had no problem bringing her here because I knew that she she was in studio with me a couple of times up in San Francisco. So I know that the it's not like she's like, ooh, I'm in a radio studio. Mm. What's ooh? Let's see where you work. She's, she's like, like yeah, all right, yes, cool. Yeah. I'm going to just be in this room and I'm going to do my work. Uh, I quite enjoyed it because I felt like I got to share a part of my life that she doesn't necessarily have firsthand experience with. Uh, similarly, I would really like to go to her workplace because how would she feel about you coming to her workplace though? Well. Well, she wants me to, and I'll tell you why. Oh. Because she got promoted, and she is now the director of the office. And now she's in a bigger office. She has her own office, 
we want to have office sex in the office. Oh, Because she's like the big boss and she's got a desk and a chair and decorations (laughs) and like a plant probably. Okay, so the desk and the chairs, I got why you said that. Decorations and a plant, that just got weird. (laughs) I mean, it definitely gets weird because it's a cactus, but... Yikes! But I will say that the idea of going to my wife's office for that purpose actually sounds kind of sexy because oh. she's she's got some clout now in the workplace. Why haven't you guys gone on a weekend when there's no one there? You could just do all the all the raunchy. Yeah, um, I think it's also because she has to go to work for that to happen. And she doesn't want to go to work on the weekends because that's it. dumb. Well, and she also wants to be a stay-at-home mom that she's been campaigning for that. Yeah, so, so we can't even go to you her better get this while it lasts. near where her office is because <laughs> she doesn't want to be reminded of work when she's not. Noted. Okay. So we're like drive by and in, she's like, I don't don't get off on this exit. My office is over there. But I don't if want you guys went in it. on the weekend and hooked up in the office, then going to work would also have a different kind of tone mm-hmm. to it because she'd be like, Oh, I know what I did in here. Yeah. Huh? And then she'll be interviewing new employees like, I did it right there. Right. Right there. where you're sitting. And right here and over there. <laughs> by that cactus. Up there. <laughs> and whoa, did we do something over there? <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Everyone around here wants to be a spy now, apparently. <laughs> we all think we could be spies. I was out there trying to probe Arrow Lake. Uh, so, you know, I've really been thinking about this a lot. And uh, he's like, yeah, do you know where my keys are? Yeah. He's like, oh, He's okay. like, okay, I know. I know a spy failure when I see exactly one. Exactly, right. right. Yeah. Uh, not going to be happening, I guess, no. for either one of us. Um, but maybe Emmy. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what's in the future. I dropped the subject is back. And uh, speaking of the future, um, we're looking into the future now as Ali has put together uh, a comprehensive, scientific way for us to look into what's coming up in the future. Yeah. It's Mad Libs, everybody. (laughs) 2020 Mad Libs. And, you know, like I said a little earlier, there's certain shows that get credited with predicting the future. The Simpsons is often credited with predicting the future a lot. But why can't we be that show? Which is why I've put together some Mad Libs. And, Jarrett, you can fill in the blanks and tell us what... 2020 holds we're mm-hmm. writing the future together yeah. so here's what i need from you i've got two of them here uh hopefully we can get through both of them but i just wanted to start with a number and a month will you give me a number and a month well 35 mm-hmm. and april okay because in april i will be 35 okay perfect now i want you to give me a celebrity please lizzo Okay, Lizzo, thank you very Channel much. Channel Q artist, Lizzo. Okay. Uh, Actually, I-, I wanted to say... Channel Q artist Lizzo. Okay, I yeah. guess I can add that. Channel mm-hmm. Q artist Lizzo. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a color? Blue. Okay, blue. And a liquid? Emmy's sparkling water. Okay, sparkling water. Great. All right, all right. It's shaping up nicely. Uh, now I'm going to ask the last thing that you threw away. Uh, my breakfast container. We're trying to clean it up before Errol came in. Okay, okay. Breakfast container. All right, all right. We're almost through here. Uh, celebrity. One more celebrity. Oprah. Oprah. Wow. Wow. Oh, no. And then finally a verb. A verb. Mm, petty fog. Petty fog. 
Okay, that's a great choice. All right, uh, Emmy, will you play that music again while I read the first of the two 2020 Mad Libs? You got this a is little what the future holds, everybody. excited at the end there. I don't know what I'm signed up for. All right. On the 35th day of April 2020, an esteemed celebrity by the name of Channel Q artist Lizzo will come out of the closet. Oh. Announce her- Hey, that would actually work for my gay draft. Yeah, it would. That's why it's yeah, pretty amazing. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, she'll come out of the closet and announce her new album, Blue Emmy Sparkling Water. Oh. She will also okay. admit to having an incurable addiction to breakfast containers. <laughs> Furthermore, the presidential election will take place with the unlikely candidate Oprah <gasps> as the front runner. Oh, I like this. She will win in a landslide, and during her first 100 days in office, she will make it illegal to petty fog in public. I like this prediction. Don't you? I'm good at this. You are. Let's Let, do it again. Let's do the next one. Okay. All right. Let's do the street you grew up on. The street you grew up on. I'm not telling Jared. you that, you people. We're going to say Mulberry Lane. Mul- <laughs> okay. All right. Mulberry Lane. Got it. Uh, now we're going to need a noun from you, Jared. A noun. Banana. Banana. All right. Banana. Now I need two body parts a one and a two. A butt and an elbow. Wow. That's great. Oh, Thank no. you very excited. much. We're going to need a song now. A song. Motivation by Normani. Motivation, Normani. All right. Moving right along. I'm going to need two foods mac and cheese. And carnitas, two things I want but can't have. Mac and cheese and carnitas. All right. Uh, Moving along, we need a number, a city, and a wild animal to finish this out. Can my number be like money? Uh, Sure. Okay, I want it to be $79,638.22. Okay, whoa, hold on. $79,638.22. And 22 cents. Okay, perfect. That's a that's the amount from the episode of The Cosby Show when Claire tells Sandra that she's if she's not going to go into the career field that she chose, that's uh, how much money they owe her for college. I will be shocked if this turns out to be true. <laughs> and then finally, a random city and a wild animal. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. RuPaul said in a podcast that Poughkeepsie's always funny. Uh, <laughs> if you use it in a joke. Uh, and Kangaroo. Shout out to the Ooh, Kangaroos in Australia. Kangaroo. All right, here we go. Let's hear the music one more time. Second prediction in 2020 Mad Libs. Drop the subject. Predicts the future now. In 2020, the newest social network, Mulberry Lane, will be all the rage. <laughs> People will take part in the banana challenge where oh. they attempt to put their butt inside of their elbow oh. while dancing to Motivation by Normani. <laughs> Actually, that kind of works. I feel like we're not far off. I was going to say. All right. Uh, oh, in the middle of the street, by the way. They'll be well, doing that in the middle of the street. Well, that's from the Normani video. It actually works. The new biggest food hybrid, the carne cheese. The mac and cheese Ooh. mixed with carnitas will be yes, popular. Yes, please. Lines for them are 17 hours long, and they cost about $79,638.22 each. Listen. That sounds about right. The hottest new city to live in is Poughkeepsie, and people now adopt kangaroos as household pets. Uh, it's an interesting year. Hey, I think this is actually shaping up to be a great year. If people have car- carnage cheese money to drop listen, and living in Poughkeepsie. Listen, if Oprah's going to be president and Donald Trump won't be anymore, 
everything's fine. Yeah. And I mean, we're all like enjoying Normani. Like, I'm just happy with everything about this year. What I'm amazed about the most is that you have predicted the coming out of one of the artists that you chose in That's the gay draft of 2020. Wild. So, and did you hear that there there was a, a, a fictional character who came out over the past? Um, I think a couple of days. Um, that's right. You have a, a closet watch that you wanted us to, yeah, I mean, to dip can, into. Can we you, have a couple of minutes yeah. here. Yeah. Can you just pull up closet watch really quickly? Because we did draft fictional characters in our gay draft of 2020. This right. is related. And uh, I believe that I the fictional character that I drafted was the Babadook, the which Babadook. I think I'll have to wait till Halloween on that one. But <laughs> let's do some closet watch really quickly. The Babadook. Closet. I am happy to announce I don't think anybody had Batwoman on their gay draft. Actually, I did. No, you did not. Not. I have it right here. Yeah, I know. But Batwoman, the fictional character Batwoman, played by Ruby Rose on the CW, officially came out to Gotham. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't Ruby Rose a big les anyway? Wasn't she? Yeah, oh, Ruby Rose is a big les. She was from Orange is the New Black, right? Yes, okay. she did a horrible job but on now, the show. But now Batwoman, oh, did she really? Yeah, she's not a good actress, but oh. she's very hot. Okay. Okay? And it was kind of insinuated that Batwoman would be a lesbian after they cast Ruby Rose in that role. And I think in the comic she is queer, but she officially came out in the latest episode of Batwoman. So congratulations oh Ruby Rose? to Batwoman for coming out of the closet officially to the Gotham Hold people. on. Isn't she hot? Jesus. I'm telling you, with Ruby Rose, man or woman, gay or straight, does not matter. Everybody thinks she's hot. Now, I remember... She had like like a shaved head when she was on Orange, right? Yes. Okay. I remember thinking back then, like, who was that? Yeah. Uh, Ruby Rose could get it. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Ruby 2020 Rose? 2020 prediction. My God. Goodbye, Ryan Reynolds. Hello, some... Ruby Rose. Let's not get stupid. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is back. Allie, I feel like that we've been off the air for... It felt like a long time ago. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we were also very quiet during that last break. I know. I was like sitting here on the computer and I was like, we've been gone for like three hours. <laughs> like, how long have we been off the Well, air? we're back now. We're back now. And I uh, want to update you on what's happening with crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Wait, because is there more impeachment stuff that's been crazy? Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I would say, generally speaking, every time there's impeachment stuff, it tends to be kind of crazy. Yeah. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. We should have spent like the whole segment finding different ways to say crazy impeachment stuff. And that was. And he's like, okay, we get it. It's like, get to it, will ya? All right. So, right now, as we speak, uh, the House managers are on the floor of the Senate right now um, talking about the various different ways that they feel um, Donald Trump has obstructed Congress and abused his power. As we speak right now, I see um, a woman who's got. It's not Val Demings. I'm not sure exactly who's speaking right now. Flip out kind of haircut. There. I can't She's got see a blue pants. I can't on. see her face. But they're talking right now about Rudy Giuliani. Um, and throughout the day, they've been talking about the various different elements of this case and why they believe they are uh, problematic at the very least and impeachable offenses at the most. Um, Adam Schiff was up earlier. Uh, Gerald Nadler was up there. Yeah, uh, that on your bingo card. Mark it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to knock off some some uh, some names here for you Ooh. guys. Um, and uh, they are presenting their case. Basically, we told you that each side would. Have 
able to have um, a number of days or three days just to present over the course of a total of 24 hours. Um, and so right now it is what would essentially be the prosecution's turn um, or the House managers as, as it would be in the Senate. So that's happening right now. And uh, it's uh, it's going to continue on at least for probably another week or so. Uh, we'd expect this will go into the weekend when we factor in the president's uh, side being able to come up and present their case. One of the interesting things I saw earlier today was that they haven't said if they're going to use all of their time, um, Whoa. which is interesting because like they've never really disputed the facts in the case. <clears throat> they always spend so much time talking about the process or how we shouldn't be doing this or whatever, but they're not like, no, he didn't do that. They're like, well, that's not impeachable or it's not an impeachable offense or whatever it is. So um, it's, it's... So the defense might not use their entire time. The defense may not use the their entire time. prosecution will. Exactly. Possibly. Um, we, we'll see what will... Um, what will develop over over the course of the day. Um, I would expect that they will probably go until uh, about the same time they went last night. They started oh my God. They started between like 10 and 10.30 our time, which was 1 and 1.30 their time. So I would imagine they're probably going to go that late again. Tonight. Why are they starting so late? Why don't they just start at 8 a.m.? Mitch McConnell set it up that way. Why does he, why is he making it only after 1.30? Well, I mean, part of it is uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, who's presiding over this case, also has to be in the Supreme Court in the morning. Um, ah. And then with them setting it up this way with there being only three days, that's why these go so late into the night. Because, I mean, like we said in the Clinton situation, they had four days. So it was like six hours of testimony or excuse me, of, of presentation from the different sides. And with this setup, it's, you know, now it was going to be 12 hours. Now it's eight hours. So um, we'll see how late they go, because I'm not sure what other things they might have to do after the presentations. They might be out a little bit. Early. Well, I would love to see before and after pictures of when these people started. Oh my God. Versus when they're done. Well, there's a there's a couple of interesting elements about that. So, like, the senators have to sit there the entire time, right? They can't just get up and kind of roam around like they normally would during Ugh. other kind of votes. They also are not allowed to have their phones. They're not allowed to talk. They're not allowed to really communicate with other folks. All right. I didn't want to be one before, but now I really don't want to be a senator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Especially if you go through impeachment. Yeah. Um, so, it's, um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch as it continues to evolve because um, by the end of the week, we'll have to, they'll have to make some formal decisions on whether or not they're going to be witnesses. Um, and it does not seem like that is going to happen. Um, so, essentially, we'll have a trial with no evidence, no witnesses, and... I don't know how that's a trial. Uh, yeah. It's just lawyers like barking at each other. So we'll see Not what happens. Not exactly due process. We will take a quick pro. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Huh? Due process is on the. Let me give them one more. Um, that is not how the Constitution intended for this court. Yeah, yeah. We'll take Get a your dobbers. <laughs> uh, News at Elizabeth's next. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Allie, it is that time for News It or Lose It. I've got three stories. You have three votes, and the people are going to get all three because I'm freaking amazing. Or I'm just being bold. Okay. All of these, well, I don't know. We'll see. Actor says, playing gay completely ended my career. Oh, sure. Why not? All right. One show on Disney Plus is trending on Twitter for how it reads to audiences today. Oh, sure. All right. And the dictionary.com word of the day is caprice. C-A-P-R-I-C-E. Okay. I know what that is. It's the person who invented the Capri Sun. Lose it. Not exactly what that... Okay. Terry Caprice, obviously. <laughs> Completely wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll be right back.
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Well, the news has returned. And with one loss, I guess, we did lose Caprice, um, the founder of Caprice on. Uh, I knew it! <laughs> definitely not what Caprice means. Terry okay. Caprice. So uh, there are a couple of different headlines here that I thought were really interesting. And uh, the very first one, I, I'm fascinated by it because it's an actor named Harry Hamlin. Do you remember Harry Hamlin? Nope. Nope, that's kind of the point. So Harry Hamlin apparently uh, played gay in one of his roles at, in 1982. I do remember the name, but I don't know why I know his name but he says that playing gay completely ruined his career um, he says Harry let me see are you sure it's not his name that ruined his career well there is that He's. I'm like he's a what Hamlin uh, Harry <laughs> Hamlin says uh, they um, in re- according to this article from um, the HuffPost says in recent years Jake Gyllenhaal Benedict Cumberbatch and Timothy Chalamet have all uh, joined a growing roster of actors to score Oscar nominations for the portrayals of gay characters on the big screen. In a new interview in the Hollywood Reporters, it happened in a Hollywood podcast. However, Harry Hamlin reminded fans that the movie industry wasn't always so welcoming of LGBTQ themes. The L.A. Law actor, L.A. Law, talk about going back. Ah, oh, Law. He says um, he starred in a 1982 movie called Making Love, which made history as the first gay-themed romance to be produced by a major studio um, back then, 20th Century Fox. They say Hamlin was hot off the success of another movie and he was drawn to this movie because it was cutting edge and all that he says but the backlash for his portrayal of bart mcguire a gay novelist first of all bart come on like bart a gay novelist who begins an affair with a married oncologist zach elliott played by another actor uh, they said that backlash was very really swift he says everyone in town had turned the movie down because at that time the idea of gay of a gay world was still not accepted. Overall, in terms of how the way the film was received, it was too early. It was like 10 years too early. It completely ended my career. Well, okay. He says uh, that was the last studio picture he ever did. The door was shut with a resounding smash. He could have done more gay stuff. Well, sure, but then he becomes the gay guy. And he's yeah, not gay. I know, but now he's complaining about his career ending. I mean, nobody wants to be the gay guy. I mean, nobody. Yeah, no. But hey, look at Tom Cruise. He's pretty much gay in every movie he's ever done. He's doing great. Wow. <laughs> that got really real. Isn't he gay and everything? Really fast. No? Um, moving on. <laughs> so, uh, yikes. Uh, okay, there's a show. Uh, we Wait. We, I'll just to close out really quickly, that just proves how ahead of the times the Golden Girls was because they had gay themes in their show all the time, and that movie and that show was very, very uh, you know prominent in, throughout the eighties. So the fact that he says it's ten years too early, Golden Girls was also doing it. So there. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say that too. Um, no, they actually did. They they actually do get credited a lot for having been ahead of their time for yeah. sure. Um, all right, so we have been really excited about Disney Plus. I have been secretly watching High School Musical, the musical, the series, and High School the Musical, the musical, the series, hmm. the special. Well, the gay cat's out of the bag now. Exactly, love that show, and I'm really kind of enjoying Disney Plus, even though they don't have as much, they don't have enough original content that I'm interested in, but it's still really good. But part of what's interesting about Disney Plus has been they put up disclaimers sometimes on the things like, hey, this was from 88. It was a different time. Y'all chill out. 
<laughs> Y'all gonna be all right. We're not gonna ch- we're not gonna change it. Exactly. I think that's a great way to get around it. Just we're doing not it. doing this with you people. Yeah, just like it's there, and let's just give you a disclaimer, well, trigger warning. Emmy remembers this show. This was this was beyond my years on Disney. Like my my last years watching anything Disney was Ra- that's so Raven, and that was really kind of pushing it. Okay, so this um, is like older TV shows. Yes. So apparently, this show. Uh, it's that this again, according to HuffPost, they say uh, chatter for days has been bubbling up on Twitter about the show Life with Derek, a Canadian sitcom that also appeared uh, on the Disney Channel uh, in 2005 to 2009. Apparently, this is, draw these lines, okay? Derek was the teenage son of George, who married Nora, the mother of teenage daughter Casey. So these two people got married. They Mm -hmm. both had opposite gender kids who became stepbrother and sister. When the two families merged, chaos ensued as Casey and Derek rivaled for control of their new household. While the show mostly followed the various hijinks of Derek and Casey and what they would get into at Ah, school or with friends, Uh there seemed to be a lot of flirtation between the two of them. And now on Twitter, everyone is talking about... The incest show? "Uh, Is Disney Plus talking about some incest? (laughs) You remember this show, right? Yeah. I, I had to Google it to like refresh my memory, but I do remember it. And do you remember them flirting with each other? I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. They, they, it wasn't like super like creepy or anything. It was just like kind of like cheeky, like yeah. very like... I don't know. I love I love um, the tweets from this. People are talking about it. It's like one of them says, y'all barely finding out... Finding a, Y'all barely finding out about the suggested incest in Life with Derek. I thought that was what made the show. <laughs> or uh, Disney Channel was really testing how far they could go with Life of Derek. Um, Life Life with Derek. So like, apparently this whole trending thing is going on right now, and they're talking about how people did not see it that way back then, but now looking at it again, it's like. This is definitely incest. But well, I don't think it's incest. They're not siblings. They're, they're not, not siblings. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not... we have I made very out blended... with my step cousin, you guys. It's not a big deal. Wow. Um, okay. Yep. You and the dog, then you and your step cousin. Why are you looking at me like that? I just. Go to I could have had my own Disney show, is Emmy, what you're saying. Emmy, hit the buttons. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back, and we are about to get out of here. Um, but Allie, I think we've got one more thing left to do. One more thing on the agenda. You're right, Jared. Before we land this plane, it is time for a happy ending. Right now. Right now. Right in a second. Right now. Um, what? <laughs> there we go. Okay, there we go. Um, Emmy, since you were so excited about this, uh, do you have a? You don't have a happy ending. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, we'll let you start that. All right, go ahead, Emmy. I Kick you were things gonna, off. I with... thought you were gonna definitely Avril Lavinas today, but you got something. Wow. Okay. I work well under pressure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Avril Lavining internet challenge. Right. All right. Errol Southers may not have been able to confirm whether or not Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian spy, mm-hmm. but the Uh-oh. only confirmation I need in my life is knowing that he thinks that I would make a good spy, and he said it. I heard oh. it. We have it on uh, on record. I right. yeah. I was gonna say <clears throat> it may suck that I'm probably not gonna be a spy. <laughs> that's it. Is that it? That's, that's I can finish it. that for you because that's how I started mine. <laughs> oh, we all all of ours are about being spies. Yeah, they are. Okay. All right, Jarrett. Your future may not hold spydom. You don't know. You're not gonna be a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how definitive that is. 
you're not going to be a spy. It's not going to happen. Fine. Okay. Whatever. But 10 years from now, at least Oprah will be president. Well, <laughs> 10 years from now? I mean, no, I don't know if it's 10 years from now. Well, I guess I mean, that was 2020 Mad Lib, she got so. elected this year, in 10 years she couldn't technically... Uh, I will go with it. All right. Listen. But at least in the future, Oprah will be president. And Lizzo will be... Queer. Queer. And, and Normani. Well, everyone will be doing the banana challenge where they try to put their butt inside of their elbow when you, to a Normani song. When you let Mad Libs, you know, really predict the future, you get some good things. Hey, I think that at least one of those things will come true actually in the year 2020. Okay. Okay. Well, all right Maybe then. not the banana challenge, but... I, I think, think it's going to be uh, inflation taking a toll on the price carnitas. of mac and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> Car- <laughs> the cheese. Carnage cheese. Yeah, we create. I mean, basically, you can create a food hybrid. Jarrett just did it. All he did was put two foods together: mac and cheese and carnitas, and boom, you have carnitas mac and cheese. Which is who would not order that? I want to order that right now. Okay, but it would be a full meal of things that I'm. Not supposed to be eating right now. That's true, actually. You're not supposed to be eating meat or cheese. Do they have like a... a, a, a Don't even say it. I was going to say like a fish carnita. Stop it. That sounds a awful. Fi- uh, no! That's not how that Carn! Oh, uh, no, no. They have the, the jackfruit one. I actually bought some jackfruit because right. I want to try to make a jackfruit carnita. But was so it in the can? It that's is in my the can. question. Like, I was they... told that that's not the good one. But do they actually have jackfruits like in grocery yeah. stores? They're yeah, they do now yeah. because everyone Giant. likes... Yeah, everyone's eating them now. So I'm trying to... I'm I'm going to try a jackfruit carnitas. If anyone out there has a good jackfruit carnitas um, recipe, let me know. Well, I'm, I'm making it with a can, but I'm going to try and find some of the fresh If ones anyone knows how to handle a jackfruit, it's going to be somebody who listens to Channel Q. So wow. if you do know a recipe, give us a call. Well, speaking of looking into the future, looking at tomorrow's show, we've got a lot going on. We've got uh, Nurse Alice is going to be here. She's going to talk with us um, about staying healthy. We'll we'll tell you a little bit more about where her segment is going to be tomorrow. Um, also, Alex Seitz-Wald, who was supposed to join us earlier, this week um he emailed us like right before the show he was like hey i got called to iowa i had to chase joe biden i'm so sorry i can't do it but i can do it later this week so he'll be here to talk to us about michael bloomberg's unusual campaign for president and how it actually might work for him we'll see yeah definitely so we got another jam-packed show gay gay cray cray and more yeah and if you missed anything on today's show in our chat with errol southers highly recommend you check that out download the podcast drop the subject wherever you yes wherever you find your podcast Uh, definitely check that out especially if you're interested in spies and spidem and and check out spy games Figuring out if I can be a spy. Yeah. Because I think that's going to happen. No, it's definitely not going to happen. We'll (laughs) see you tomorrow. And also check out Spy Games. Yes, on Bravo. (laughs) Uh, You can check out the first two episodes right now.